You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Today's message is called, We Are Audacious. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are audacious. There's many different messages on my heart for today, but I've merged two together. I want to take a moment today to remind us of who we are. I want you to come back with me for a moment to a time where I was dragged along as a passenger through life. I was at the airport dropping Lysandria off at the airport for her trip to Australia with Pastor Sophia. She gets to go to Australia and I get to stay in Wales. Not sure who got the better end of the bargain. I'm doing dog sitting duties. Not jealous church at all, I promise. So she looks to me and says, Lee, I'm going to need a lift to the airport. I'm like, of course, love, not a problem. I'm a great husband. Of course, I'll drive you to the airport. Then she looks me in the eyes and says, Lee, it's going to be 4 a.m. I need to be at the airport. And I look at her and look myself in the mirror. And it was a real test of love in that moment. And I said, yes, love, of course, I'll wake up at 3 a.m. to take you to the airport. So we get in the car, we drive to Manchester Airport, and we get to the Terminal 1 drop-off zone. And it's 4 in the morning. You can't really see it's dark. And I watch as people are dropping off their loved ones, hugging. And, and then it seems to me that they're walking them into the terminal. And Lysandre looks at me with puppy dog eyes and says, love, will you walk me into the terminal, not leave me here in the car park? And I, of course, right, of course. I said, yes, love, I'll walk you into the terminal, no problem. So it's all emotional, we're crying. And by we're crying, I mean, I'm crying. She's not crying. She's going to Australia. I mean, come on. And we say goodbye and I, I run out because I've got 10 minutes, 10 minutes to get back into the car before I get in trouble. And I come out towards the car and I see this group of security guys around my car. And I come running over and they're telling me, you can't just leave your car here. It's a security hazard. Look at the signs. And I look at the signs, massive letters that said, do not leave your car. 10 minutes or 100 pound fine. I look at these guys and I'm a man of faith and I rebuke the fine in Jesus' name. Get in the car. I drive to the barrier on the way out and I think I've avoided this moment, and then it flashes up on the screen, 100 pound to get out. Let me tell you, I looked at that button to contact a real person, and I pushed it with faith, and in the hope that somebody would let me out for free, and the guy comes on the speaker, and he says, I'm so sorry, sir, but the best I can do is reduce it to 60 quid, the most expensive five minutes of my life as I exit and cry some more that I've left Lysandre and I've left my wallet as well as we go into the distance driving at half four in the morning. But in that moment, I'm a, I'm a passenger because everybody else is going with the flow. And see, the passengers in the airport are all subject to the flow in the way of the system, the way things are. You've got to check in at the desk. You've got to go through security. You've got to wait for the boarding gate to come on screen. The plane's got to do its pre-departure checks. You get on the plane, then you've got to wait for pre-clearance, and then you take up. There's lots of different things going on as part of the system that you become a passenger to. 
And today in 2022, for all of us, we're in danger of becoming passengers of the systems in our lives called the status quo of the way things are and the culture of the way the world operates. And I want to suggest today, church, that unlike me, we're not designed to be passengers dragged along by life, but we were created to pull the world forwards, not be led backwards by the way things are, but to pull the world forwards into an encounter with a God who loves them, has got purpose, plans, destiny, love, and freedom for them. See, today, church, we're not called to be on the back foot, but we're called to be on the front foot. We are audacious church. I want to remind you two things about who we are. We are audacious and we are trailblazers. Turn to your neighbor and say trailblazer. Trailblazer. Audacious means to be bold, courageous, risk-taking, not defined, held by convention or the status quo of the way things are. And a trailblazer is someone who makes a way through a wild country where there is no way. And for us, we're called to be people, trailblazers, who have an audacious vision. Bible says this about vision, says without vision, people perish. The dangers with a lack of vision is this. A lack of vision means there's no direction. A lack of vision will call you to fire the arrow and then draw the target after. A lack of vision will mean you're a passenger at the discretion of the driver and you'll get dragged and carried through the status quo of the way things are. When you have a lack of vision, you're a passenger. A passenger is this, a member of a team or group who does far less effective work than the other members. See, in the Bible, for 40 years, the Israelites became passengers walking through the desert, aimless, wandering without vision. Until a whole generation died, they were stuck in the wilderness, lost. That's the danger of a lack of vision. Passengers are visionless, and life happens to them, but less often through them. Passengers are caught up in culture and whatever voice shouts the loudest, going along with the flow, afraid of change, afraid to speak up and speak loud because change is too costly and will require confrontation and challenge and is too much for me. Passengers just accept the way things are and don't want to be disruptive and don't raise a voice for change. But my Bible says this in Hebrews about us, says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We do not belong to the generation of the passengers. We belong to the generation of the trailblazers. We are audacious and we are the trailblazing visionaries. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Vision articulates possibility. Vision doesn't exist within the confines of what is, but exists in the realms of what could be. Vision recognizes, yes, the challenges are great. Yes, the mountain seems high. Yes, the obstacles against me are much, but vision says, I won't be held back by the way things are, but I'll move forward to blaze a new trail. We choose to live with vision because we don't belong to those who shrink back, but to those who move forward with 
faith. Let me tell you about some audacious trailblazing Christians for a second. Dr. Kate Bushnell, a fundamental figure in the creation of laws abolishing forced prostitution in the United States. William Booth, he founded the Salvation Army, the UK's largest independent welfare provider today. The Earl of Shaftesbury, Anthony Cooper, pioneered the abolition of child labor in the UK. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream that my children won't be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We don't belong to those who are passengers, but to those who are trailblazers, because the passengers don't change the world, but those who blaze a new trail, go where nobody's gone before, do what nobody has done before, will defy the odds and say, hey, I've got a God who can do all things through me. I'll go and blaze a new trail. I'll go into defy the odds and we are audacious church and we do what has never been done before and your world today is depending on you to blaze a new trail to build a new future to rewrite the history books to go and advance the kingdom in parts of the world where nobody knows Jesus to start a business with faith that will act with integrity and use the resources to help plunder hell and populate heaven we are a group of people so fired up by the gospel that we'll do what God asks us because we're unafraid and unashamed of the gospel that lives in us. We are audacious and we are the trailblazers. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are audacious and we are on fire for God. Come on, say it like you mean it, fire for God. Vision and trailblazing are irrelevant if we're not on fire for God. The prophet Jeremiah says it like this, Jeremiah 20 verse nine. He says, but if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. In fact, I can't do it. The prophet Jeremiah is so passionate, fired up for God. The fire is roaring ablaze in his heart, so much so that he cannot hold in the word of God. He's got a revelation of God's love for a nation and wants to express that through his being and through his words, so much so he's worn out trying to hold it in. So ablaze is the fire in his heart. And for us today, the fire is either roaring or it's smoldering. The fire in our hearts is either roaring or it's smoldering. When the fire is smoldering, there is smoke with no flame. It looks like a fire, but it's got nothing of substance. It's easily extinguished. Low intensity, low temperature, goes nowhere and is comfortable where it's at. But when the fire is roaring, it is hot, 
it's contagious, it takes ground, and it consumes. Because the fire is roaring in my heart, I can't help but dance in praise and worship. I can't help but lift up the name of God. Because of what he's done through me and in me and for me, he saved me, redeemed me, freed me, forgiven me, given me every spiritual blessing in Christ, seated me in heavenly places. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. He's not left me without or in lack. He's met all my needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And when you know he's your savior, what he's done for you and through you, you cannot help but let the fire be ablaze through your life because the fire is so roaring in my heart. I can't help but clap and honor the Word of God. I can't help but love the people of God. I can't help but forgive the people of God. I can't help but go to the corners of the world, laying my life down on the altar because I know what He has done for me. The fire is roaring in my heart. Today, church, is the fire roaring or is it smoldering? Bond, you can come and help me out with this point. Revelation 3.16 says this. Jesus speaking, it's, it's harsh. Put your seatbelt on. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Harsh words from Jesus. Jesus calls smoldering lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. But the good news about a smoldering fire is this. With a little bit of encouragement, with a little bit of fuel, with a little bit of oxygen and direction, the smoldering fire has potential to become a roaring fire. But how? How do you take that smoldering fire and allow it to become a roaring fire. The Bible says this in Ephesians 5. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That verse, it's read better as keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-off moment, a one-off time in your life. Paul is writing to the Ephesians to say, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now here's some symptoms of not being filled with the Holy Spirit when you're smoldering. You'll deny Jesus to avoid ridicule at work. You'll cherry pick the Bible for what works for you or hey, not read it at all. You'll do what feels good and not what is right. You'll live in unforgiveness. You'll not pray and see miracles in your life or through your life. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a roaring fire in your heart and in your life, you'll lay your life down at the altar of God's calling. You'll radically forgive and love your neighbors. You'll not allow offense to cause and create a wedge between you and those around you. You'll pray relentlessly, knowing that you serve a God through whom anything is possible and anything we can imagine can be done in His name. You'll seize the opportunities presented to you to pull your world onto the life raft of salvation. You'll 
live with purpose on purpose. But Pastor Lee, I'm already on fire. I'm already a little bit roaring. Well, it's time today, church, to turn up the temperature. How do you turn up the temperature? You stoke the fire. You give it a one-over. You put some logs on. You blow wind and oxygen onto the fire. You relight what is already there. And today, church, just like we did in the 10 a.m., it's time for all of us to turn up the spiritual temperature in our lives and through our lives because we are audacious and we are on fire for God. We didn't sign up to fill some seats on a Sunday to be seat warmers. God's created and called us to be ablaze. So much so that we're on fire. Wherever we go, people will catch the fire that's on us. What's so different about you? Why are you so full of joy in the midst of the pain? Why are you going to the end of the world? Why do you pioneer that business? How can you forgive that person? If we were on fire, roaring on fire for God, we couldn't help but ignite the world around us. And we are called to be people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, not operating on our own strength, but operating in the power of God. We can't do this on our own. We can't live Christianity on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. If we want to raise the dead in our city, we need the Holy Spirit. If we want to go to the ends of England and Wales with the gospel, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to open up the ears and the eyes of the blind, we need the Holy Spirit. And whatever you're facing today in your world, the obstacles around, the challenges presented, you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Oh, who's this for? It's for the everybody's and the anybody's. Not for the ones and twos. There's no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. He's called us together as the priesthood of all believers that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and he lives in you too. All we've got to do is not cage the lion inside, but to take off the door and allow the fire that's inside to become the roaring lion that changes our world. How do we turn up the temperature? How do we stoke the fire? We speak in tongues. We prophesy. We pray for the sick. We go where no one's gone. We forgive those nobody else will forgive. We reach out our hands and pull those that are outcast down and lowly up. That's how we stoke and stir up the fire. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.